Today is February 8, 2013. This is Amy Begley interviewing Arlene Piper-Stein for the RRCA Women Pioneers of Running Oral History Project. Arlene is best known for being the first American woman to run a marathon in the 1959 Pikes Peak Marathon. Hello, Arlene, and how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great. Now, we know you were the first American woman to run a marathon in 1959 at the grueling Pikes Peak Marathon, but what age did you start running? I didn't start running till 1958. Oh, wow. So you you started running only a year before you took on the marathon? Right. We, my husband and I and the three children went to Colorado to open a woman's health studio, and one day my husband says to me, well, why don't you run the Pikes Peak Marathon and advertise our health studio? I said, okay. Didn't know what I was getting myself in for. But uh, because the reason I opened the health studio was uh, my dream in 1959 was to show women that they did not have to just stay home, bake cookies, and have babies. They should go for their dream and do something for themselves. That wow. And it still is my what I say to people. But women are really out there doing what they want to do. Wow, that's amazing. And where did you move from that you moved to Colorado to do that? I we live. I was born and raised in California, so we li- lived here in California. And it was uh, we. Uh, operated health studios for Harold Zinken, and then this came available to have us, our own studio in, in Colorado. So that's where we packed up everything and went. Wow. And as a kid, did you do any sports? Are we involved in any activity? Uh, the sports that I did as I grew up was tennis because I graduated from high school in 48, so the 40s and 50s, women were not even allowed on the men's track field. You couldn't you couldn't do anything. Well, you could play tennis, and that's why I got started in tennis when I was in uh, high school. And so that was my exercise. And, and then we got involved in health studios, and uh, so exercising with the weights and benches and barbells and dumbbells and all that was my life until we, you know, for a long, long time. Were you one of the first studios to do weightlifting and, and different exercises for women? Because I haven't heard about too many studios or clubs for women back then. No, I, I'm pretty sure I was the first one to open a women's health studio. And then we, we had that for a while, but then we decided to go bigger and moved out a ways out of Colorado, and there was a big building available, so we opened a health studio for men and women. And back then, women uh, and men had separate days and hours, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday was for ladies, and Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays for men. Oh, wow. So they... That's how it was back then. And we even had uh, some... Uh, a way people could take a steam bath. They were little cabinets that you set in so people could work out, take a steam if they wanted, a shower, and leave. And that's that was one of those first gyms, too, then, I, I'm sure. So was it was it just not 
socially accepted for the men and women to work out at the same time or the same place, or was that just what people felt more comfortable with? That's what just, I believe people just felt more comfortable. Uh, and uh, when we came back to California, it was hard for me to get used to going in a gym and working out with men. Because <laughs> mm. back then, in the 50s and 60s, you know, they just did their own things. They didn't do a lot of things together like that. Oh, wow. So after you ran that Pikes Peak Marathon, did you start running more seriously or did you enter more races? What were your thoughts about running and racing at that time? Well, the pro- they, I wanted to run the Boston Marathon, and I looked into it, but they were, weren't allowing women to do anything. We couldn't. I couldn't even get over and run around the track at the high school because girls weren't allowed to do anything. Like I said, stay home and bake cookies and have babies. That's what we were supposed to do. <laughs> so did you go out and, and train on your own? Did you did you run um, by yourself, or did you just go back to doing more of the the studio uh, the studio work and, and lifting and well, my husband was into running, and he had friends that were runners, and so uh, a couple of his friends said they would train with me, and that's what I had. I had uh, ran around the college. There I could do it, but not in the high school. But then I ran around the college probably uh, 10 miles with one of the guys keeping me going, saying, I want to rest. No, you can't rest. Keep going kind of attitude, you know. And I did that two or three times a week. That was my training. And then um, on Sundays, we took the the three children up the bar trail. And there was a a stream that no, uh, no, no, no name creek. And we'd bring a lunch for the kids and because Kathy was nine and and uh, Karen was seven and Carl was just about two or three years old. So they would sit by the creek and have their picnic lunch, and Wallen and I would run and walk. Cause, because it's so steep in places, there were places where you just walked and then you ran. And Bar Camp was about halfway up the mountain, and we would go to Bar Camp, and then I'd run back down. And so that was my training Um, with my husband, you know. Wow. So did you just go from, did you slowly increase your mileage, or did you just go from working out in the studio to to running the long distances? Yeah, just running the long distances. I I still worked out with the weights in the gym to keep my muscles strong because that was very important. But the main thing was the running and getting my whole body in shape to do that. And so um, since you weren't allowed to run in the marathons or the longer distances, were there other races around that you could enter or that you could run in? No, there wasn't. Women weren't allowed to do anything back then. It just wow. it just was, you know, we were supposed to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, and since you weren't really allowed to run or compete, um, did they have – any kind of equipment available for for running for working out for you guys at that time like shoes and and you know sports bras what was the workout apparel that you guys used well there was 
really nothing for women as far as you're saying special bras or clothes or anything like that because, like I said, the the women just weren't allowed to do much. But um, And I truly don't remember uh, where the men bought their running shoes. or for their, There might have been running shoes because they had track meets for the men at the high schools and college levels, so I'm sure there was. But... Um, but the band that, uh, when we go back to Pikes Peak, they, one of the gentlemen that ran in the race with me comes back and he kept his pair of tennis shoes that he ran the marathon in. <laughs> and he brings them to Colorado. It's, and his wife keeps saying, aren't you ever going to throw those away? And he says, no. <laughs> so we, I'm pretty sure I just bought my tennis shoes at the dime store and we had no, uh, I didn't even take a canteen of water. I didn't. I just uh, got a drink at the st- in the different places we went by the stream, and uh, so it was something else. It was really something. Wow! When you were in the middle of running that Pikes Peak Marathon, did um, did you ever have thoughts of maybe this wasn't a good idea, or you know, I just can't believe my husband talked me into this? Uh, what were your thoughts during that that first marathon? Oh, it was it was something that when we started the race, it was I was first. I mean, in we all started in a line, and I even have a picture of of that. I have some pictures I got from the Gazette uh, newspaper back then. But um, so when we started, people didn't realize the elevation they needed to be in Colorado for at least a few days. But people just would come there, and so. When we took off, of course there were men in front of me, and because uh, I, and then I was first, and then my daughter and my husband was behind me, Wallen. And um, as we, my husband says, as you pass the guys, say, "Isn't this a beautiful day for a race?" And so I did. That probably they didn't didn't know what to do. You know, it was something else. So. Um, we ran the race, and there were times when I said, can't I sit down and rest? And he'd say, no, 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 just keep going. It's not much further. That was his favorite saying, not much further, when I knew darn well it was. And Kathy, uh, she was nine. She went. She was just going to go to bar camp, which was, I'm pretty sure, maybe a third or a fourth of the way up there. And the bar camp was uh, cabins, and they used to take people on uh, uh, not horses, but mules up to bar camp and let them spend the night and take them back down. That's what bar camp was for. But when I re- remember, Kathy remembered, when she got to bar camp, Wallen said to her, how do you feel, Kathy? And she said, oh, I feel good. Well, it's not much further. You want to go to the top? She says, okay. She, <laughs> Of course, it was a long ways. But anyway, we, we uh, kept on going and... Um, the lady, I believe, was uh, in front of me for most of the race. I don't even remember her name or I know she, her age or anything. But I, when you get to Timberline, there are no more trees, just rocks. And some of them you had to climb over. So that was, I said, can't I just lay down for a minute? And he'd say, no, 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 it's not much further. Keep going, keep going. If it wasn't for Wallen being behind us, I don't know if I, I probably would have made it, but I don't know, you know, it would have been tougher. So we get, 
Kathy gets to the top and the lady and they stay there. I got to the top and waved to the crowd, turned around, and ran back down. It was nine hours and 17 minutes that I did it. Wow. Yeah, it was something else. <laughs> uh, do you remember how many people were running in the marathon at that time? Yeah, I'm pretty, I, it was either 15 or 16. There was the three of us and the rest were like 12 or 13 men from all over. They came from different states in the United States. And uh, Monty Wolford was a California boy, and he's the one that uh, won those first Because this was probably the third time they had had the marathon was um, this one. Well, okay, so it was the third one. Uh-huh. Wow, there'd have to be somebody with a great imagination to decide that it's a good idea to hold a marathon on Pikes Peak. I know, and it's still going, and it's one of the biggest. People come from all over the United States to run it, and once every four or five years, they did, or, yeah, I think one time when I was there, I don't remember if it was 2010, I think it was 2010, they invited people from all over the world, and that was phenomenal because they're, they, like France, would send a team of two or three people in Germany and, like, a, you know, it was, that was something else, too. So it's, it's, they say it's the hardest race in United States, but there's, in Europe, there are probably are ones that are hard as that or maybe even harder. And did you ever run the Pikes Peak Marathon again? No, I never did. My sister moved back there and lived there, and she would always tease me and say, are you going to come back? Because a a lady after that in the 70s, see, in the 70s, women were allowed to enter the marathons and Boston Marathon and all that. So there was a younger woman that broke my record, and my sister would say, are you going to come back and try and break her record? I said, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, did you ever run another marathon again uh, later? No, I never ran another marathon. Later in my life, I did start entering races in um, here in Fresno. They were I just it was just a two mile race around Woodward Park here in my area, and um, that was kind of fun too. I won a couple trophies. There were just three of us because we were over sixty or over fifty, no over sixty, yeah, and uh, the. So that was fun too, but I, that was just that was the extent of my race running. <laughs> wow, you you started you started big. That was that was good. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my goodness! When you were out running with your husband and his friends and, and running in the Pikes Peak Marathon, um, what did your friends and family think of your running? Did they think it was just something you were trying, or did you get any support from anybody of? of running and your fitness yeah i was i got lots of support especially from my husband and the guys that were training me but uh, see the woman's health studio that i ran i would i walked around town i wore those gold stretch pants and a purple top and i my husband would say he's uh, mr arlene because the health studio was going good and and uh, people were, they uh, supported me. They thought it was great that I was doing this, you know. And what did the men think of you running the Pikes Peak Marathon when you when you passed them and, and told them what a great day it was? Did they, they kind of, did they take you seriously? 
Oh yeah, yeah. They, I never got anything but good things from the men that I ran with that day. They were all supportive of me and my daughter. Yeah, that was it. Was good. It was a good experience. Well, I'm glad that was a, a good experience uh, for you and your daughter in in competing in that. Um, when when you opened the health studio and when you were running long distances. Did you know that people were saying that women shouldn't do those things and you wouldn't be able to have kids? What did you think about those health concerns for women and working out and running? You know, I never heard anybody say anything about, well, I never knew why we weren't allowed to run or or do any sports, actually. We couldn't compete. And even in the years when we came back to California, Kathy and Karen, my other daughter, wanted to compete but they they couldn't do it either. They they could finally let in the 70s let women run, but they weren't allowed to run on the track in front of the men unless they had a sweatsuit on. Then they could. They, it was oh. was really that's how it was back then. So we've come a long ways in this world. Yes. Yeah. Was uh, did your daughter was your daughter ever allowed to compete? Did she compete in school? Did they have programs for her when she was in school? Right. When she, she when she was in school, in high school, she did compete in some some of the short races, the 100-yard dash and different things like that. She never did uh, a long race uh, after that, you know, because I don't know if there was even any mar- marathons back then. Like right now, there's marathons every week somewhere in the United States. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and so since since you really didn't race um, another marathon, was there any other races that were memorable for you or any other uh, competitions that you really enjoyed doing or that, that really stick with you to this day? Well, I, I did have fun running those two-mile races around Woodward Park. And I remember one year um, there was a mother-daughter race, and my daughter came. I don't even remember how old she was or I was at that time. She probably was in high school, and we ran that together, and that was a memorable race because we had a lot of fun doing it. We didn't win it, but we had fun. That was the whole thing about running. You, Most people, like the thousands of people that run the marathons now, um, they're, they're doing it because they have fun and they enjoy it, you know, and that's what I say to people is, Run and have fun because it's we need to exercise our whole life, and that's what they're doing. They're making their life going to be great, you know. That's mm-hmm. amazing that you had the foresight um, back in in the fifties and sixties to get women out and get them moving and and have them have fun with it. I know. I I, I didn't realize till I started putting this all together that I was one of the first women liberators, huh? <laughs> yes, you definitely were. I mean, running wasn't your full-time job, but running the studio and, and getting women healthy was. I mean, that had to have been just a great feeling for you to watch women, I guess, be liberated in a physical sense and, and showing them what they can do with their bodies. Right, and when I still, when I go back to Pikes Peak, this will, in August is when they bring Kathy and I back and we're treated like two queens. And the women and the men both say to me, because they let me start the race and they let me pass out the trophies, and uh, 
Even the men say, you were my inspiration to do this. You know, if, if you could do it with no water and tennis shoes from the dime store, I'm sure I can do it, you know, kind of thing. It was, it was really something. It, it is amazing to think back that the shoes were not like they are today. Um, they were cinder tracks. The, you know, the trails weren't you know, nice and smooth like they are today. Um, the people that competed in the 50s and 60s and even the 70s, you did it with things that we would look at today and be like, wow, there's no way I could do that. And you guys did it over and over and over again. Um, that's, that's just amazing. And it's true. If, if you can do that back then with that kind of equipment with no gels, no drinks, no bars. I know. It's just, you know, because now they, people carry, they have belts with, with water and, and energy bars, and they, they take a lot of things with them up there because they, and I think most of the people that run marathons do it because they just want to complete it and say, I did it, especially the Pikes Peak Marathon. And they, they're not out to break a record or do it fast or whatever. They just want to complete it. And uh, they have, uh, nowadays they have, stations every couple miles with water and first aid and when you get to a certain point if they don't feel that you're going to make it that you might have problems they make them go back because they don't want people uh, passing out or falling and hurting themselves and all that kind of stuff you know it's it's the age of uh liability and, and lawsuits i think right yeah that's probably it yeah oh definitely i didn't think of that yeah you're right <laughs> I think, you know, it's interesting that back in the day it's like, well, if you tripped over a, a crack in the sidewalk, that was your own fault. Now it's the owner's fault. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know, and those, yeah, those races, I mean, you did it on your own. You know, you, you took your own responsibility. Now the, I think they have to be a lot more careful, which is kind of sad in a way. Right. I know it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, so with you running the studio, um, what was your weekly workouts like? Did you do cardio or most, like, did, I guess, did you have treadmills back then? Were there treadmills or bikes that you guys used at the studio or mostly just weights? Uh, there was exercise bikes, but there wasn't any uh, aerobics classes or anything like that at that time. It was just uh, free weights, benches, flat benches and inclines and barbells and dumbbells. That's what your gym consisted of. And, uh, to do a whole body workout. I used to, uh, I worked on the women's days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, I, you, they came in and you measured them and weighed them and then you made them out of routine. And once a month you kind of changed it and gave them different exercises and what they wanted to do. Uh, and I, the picture that I'm going to send you is standing at the top of Pikes Peak and I put it in the paper and I, to this day, a lot of little things I remember. A man called me on the phone and said, well, if you can make my wife look like you do, I'm going to bring her in. <laughs> so it's, uh, and today, look at all the women that are in health studios getting in shape. And, and the whole world, I think almost every day there's something on TV that says you need to exercise and eat right and, uh, you know, and so that's that's where it started. And it's, I think more and more people are doing this every day of their life now. 
definitely. Um, did the women come Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or did they come once a week, or how often were the women coming in to work out? Uh, there were quite a few that came Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but uh, they would get involved in it and they enjoyed it. And I remember ladies would say, well, I don't care if I lose weight. I feel so good because it does. It makes you feel better to do it. And uh, but uh, so, and I most of the women are, and men also, three to four months was as long as they were a member and then they quit. They, it's just like everything... I think we try. If we don't really get involved in it a lot, we drop it and try something else, and they did back then too. But there was a few that stuck with it and uh, enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, um, I was talking to uh, Grace Butcher earlier, and she competed in track um, in the late 50s, early 60s, kind of around when you ran the marathon. And she, but, you know, she was only allowed to run, you know, 200 meters, and then eventually they added the 800. But she was saying that she got teased for being skinny because back then thin was not really in. Um, in Colorado for the health studio, did you, did you get that sense that that thin wasn't in that they they wanted to be not fat but just you know more more curvier. Right. Women were doing it, uh, working out in the gym, not to get muscles. And they were, they say, if I do this, am I going to get muscles and look like a man? But you don't. We have that extra little layer of fat, and and we will never accept that. Then they started, the women did start it. I forgot if it was the 70s or 80s, but the women's uh they used to be beauty contests, and that, then they got into where, I don't know if they still do it or not. I haven't seen any of it lately. But they would build their bodies and, and take lots of protein and extra stuff because they wanted to build their muscles and look like a muscle man. And that, I didn't like that. that. That To me, a woman should be strong and healthy and but look beautiful like a woman. Most women do in this day. They just do it to to keep their their body looking great and being strong and being able to do things they want to do. And you definitely must have achieved that if, if the men thought, you know, if you could make my wife look like that, I'll send her there. You you definitely had a oh, – not many people probably had that idea of, you know, I can advertise for my business by running the marathon or by looking great. I think you were definitely ahead of the curve in that sense, and you definitely knew what people were looking for and, and making the body not only strong but beautiful. Right. That, that's. I think they've gotten back to that. I don't hear much about um, women's muscle contests anymore. I, I think they kind of got back into looking their best, you know. That's definitely. Um, did you find that when you were running the studio and working out, um, did you make a lot of friendships with the women? I know with running and working out, some of the, the strongest bonds women have are when they're workout partners or people that they run with or work out with. Did you make lasting friendships through through exercise and working out? Um, not really because, see, because women weren't allowed to do it when all those years I was there. It was the 70s before women were allowed to enter the Boston Marathon and the Pikes Peak. Well, Pikes Peak, they 
they just wanted us in there, you know, but you couldn't enter any more. So it took a while before women really started uh, doing that. Nowadays, they, there's lots of women that run. And run. now the, the big thing is 50-mile races and 100-mile races. <laughs> they start a 100-mile race at night, and there's a light on their head and a light on their arms, and there's a lot of stations where they can stop and get food and water and even lay down and sleep, I was told. And they... But they, if they don't reach a certain point by a certain time, they don't let them finish. You have to stay with it, you know, and that would be tough. But they, it's um, women are, are into everything they can get into now, which is great. We can do anything we want. <laughs> would, that, would that be something that you would have considered doing if they had the ultra marathon running and the long-distance races when, when you were back running? Yeah, if I – yeah, I wanted – I tried to get in the Boston Marathon, but they wouldn't let me in. And, like I said, yeah, I would have kept on going with it if there had it had been available, but it just wasn't at that time. Would you have thought about doing the 50-milers or the 100-milers at that time? Would you have thought about doing those races? You know, I don't know how I would have thought about that. Uh, today, I think it's just it's something else. And then they have barefoot races, too, that because uh, – that's how the Indians used to run, was barefoot. And uh, there's a new little shoe out I just saw the other day where it looks like uh, a glove for your foot, but it's a shoe. And there's people that, that run with those, too. There's just all kinds of changes and neat things going on. Wow, definitely. Um, so how long, how long did you run the studios? Uh, we ran it for a few more years. A uh, couple years, I think, and I've there was uh, well, I don't know how to, uh, why it got I forgot, but anyway, we gave up the gym and we decided because Harold Zinken in was in Fresno and he was building he had a health studios and he wanted us to come back and run his health studios, so we decided to do that. We closed up because it wasn't doing that well and um so we came back to fresno that was probably in the late 60s 68 69 that we came back and we ran harold jenkins i ran again it was still women every monday wednesday friday tuesday thursday men was men so i ran the women's department and my husband wall ran the men's and uh we came back for that and worked for him for a while Okay. And how long did it stay that men and women uh, worked out on separate days? Did they ever, when you were in You know, I'm not sure of the year, but it was probably in the late 80s. It was, it stayed uh, separate for a long time, but I'm sure maybe, I'd say in the 80s that they opened the gym up for men and women to come in any time they wanted, you know. And like I said, that was kind of strange for me. <laughs> it took me a while to get used to that. But um, but now it's it's the way of life. Women and men go to the gym, and they've got lots of things for us. Here in Fresno, there's a lot of gyms, and I know they're pre- crowded. And I'm, I work at, out at a little gym by my house, and um, I do a lot of things at home, too, uh, I have four bedrooms, and my dream is to make one of the bedrooms into my own private gym. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, then I would, you know, then you can work out whenever you want and don't have to drive and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh, that's perfect. 
And how long did you run the studios in Fresno? What um, uh, did you end up doing that? Uh, that was probably five or six years we worked for Harold Zeke. And, and then he sold his gyms out to some other people and uh, th- at times. I don't even remember who it was. Okay. There, there were a lot of gyms. But, yeah, we had fun running gyms and all that. And then what did you end up doing uh, after you worked at the studios, at Health Studios? Um, we went into selling. We sold uh, pots and pans and knives and things like that. We did that a little bit in Colorado, too. But um, that's when my husband and I parted company, and so I ran the uh, – I had the three children with me here in Fresno, and he went to L.A., and he opened – Wallen opened a, a studio in L.A., and I didn't uh, – I went into selling – and uh, I always say I sold everything but cars and houses. So I <laughs> I loved being with people and, you know, like Tupperware and all those different things. That's what I got into with selling. Okay. Wow. Um, and then how did you um, juggle having the kids and working out and running a business? I know I mean, back then women stayed home and, and looked after the kids how did you juggle all that with, with three kids? Well, uh, it was what we did. When I went to the track to run, we would take the three children with us, and they would be sitting in the middle of the track on the grass and eating food and playing games or whatever. But my, they were always with us when uh, I trained. And like I said, we went on Sundays we went on the mountain, and once – I only went to the top once because it was a two-hour drive up the mountain to get to the top of Pikes Peak. But that's this picture, I, that's probably a couple weeks before the race. I just wanted to see what it was like. I walked down a, a half a mile or so and back up, and I knew I was really in for a rough, hard race. But I still wanted to do it, and uh, I'm not sorry that I did. Okay. That's great. I mean, I know a lot of women, you know, a lot of them had support with their, you know, their moms would watch the kids or um, one of the women, Chris McKenzie, told me how she she would uh, put her daughter in the middle of the infield and, and tie her up uh, in butter. Oh, no. kind of, and she said a lot of people would, would make comments and tell her that if she wanted a dog, she should have got a dog instead. But, you know, that that's what she had to do to get her workouts done and um, you know, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. Right, exactly. Yeah, the the kids were used to it, and they, the three of them were had fun together. They grew up to get, you know, and uh, so yeah, we all had fun. It was a fun time of my life. <laughs> wow, That's great. Um, when you were working out and, and running the studio, um, were there any other women that you looked up to or saw as pioneers in the fitness industry? Or did you know you were one of the, the first women to really to start the fitness industry and start women moving, getting women moving? I didn't know any other women doing things. and I didn't realize until 2009 when um, the, they found me that I had even was the first woman to run a marathon. We just did 
there weren't a lot of women do I doing anything. I don't remember meeting any woman that wanted to. Some, you know, it was just that's how it was back then. Because I didn't know until 2009 what happened was the the Pikes Peak Marathon people. It was Ron and Carol who he's the director and she's his assistant. They organized this whole thing and have and done it and all that. They were going to celebrate 50 years of women running the marathon in 2009. Well, Ron, in different, I don't know, he didn't say how he was doing it, but he tried for four years to find me, and he couldn't ever find me. So he finally, I guess it was probably a few months or so before the that 50th year, and he put an ad in the paper, and Linda Bixby answered the ad, and she was a person that did history of um, of people that had passed away. She said she never looked up people that uh, had or were still around, and uh, so she got on it, and in two weeks she found me, and she was so excited, so was I, and. So they brought Kathy and I back that first year. That was something else, you know. And if it wasn't for Ron and Carol and Linda, um, I wouldn't even have known about it. But they found me in that. So that's when I first knew I was. And uh, I still can't believe it. It just I'm just this little lady that raised kids in a little house in Fresno. You know, <laughs> now, and I'm everywhere I go. I still, I can be out and... If people recognize me or want to know, and uh, and still I have people asking me for my autograph, even to this day, you know. Oh, that's got to be just an amazing experience to um, to get recognized later for something that you did then that you really didn't see is is history making or or something that you were pioneering. I know. I you just I just did it. I did it to advertise in my health studio and to and the main thing was to show women, you know, you don't necessarily have to run Pike's Peak, but if there's something you've always wanted to do, just go for it, you know? And uh look where women are today. They're doing everything they want to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that it's it's such an amazing amazing journey that you had. You you were definitely had some groundbreaking ideas before a lot of people really did and you were kind of one of the you know the first in the health and fitness you're one of the first to run a marathon and not just any marathon the grueling like steep marathon I know. Um, the hardest one <laughs> in the united states they say that's right yeah oh, goodness um and so you since you really didn't um run track and field you probably didn't know that there were masters competitions um, that people did uh, that over 40. Um, now they have all sorts of different masters competitions for track and field. I know. Uh, yes, they do. Just um, would would that have been something that that you would have considered doing? Uh, if it was, yeah. If if there was things like that to do back when I first came, that's why I did this little two mile a, a race around Woodward Park because I I still uh, trained and and I. I I got involved in that, and that was a lot of fun too. I did that for a few years, you know. And uh, but that's all there was, even back then. 
There just wasn't. It just, if I think it probably is the last, uh, I'd say in the 80s is when the racing for, and, and all kinds of sports and activities have come, women have come forward and want to be part of it, you know. So it hasn't been that long that women have been involved in all these things. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what? What are you doing? What are you doing now uh, to, to keep in shape or or to keep yourself busy? Well, I I work out at the gym and I do a lot of walking because that's good for you. I don't do any running. I uh, my see I'm 82 years old and um, my legs I won't even let me play tennis. I'm trying to keep them strong enough so I can walk and do things, but I don't play tennis anymore either, which I miss. And uh, But I'm, I work out at home in the gym and try to keep my body as strong as I can. Okay. That's great. And you probably have so much knowledge from running the health studio that, that you really know what it takes to keep strong and, and to keep uh, the body going and, um, and definitely. Did you have um, during your career with, with working out, did you ever deal with injuries or? Um, or no, I was very fortunate. Uh, I didn't, I never had injuries with my running where some people have, but they're the, the ones where there's injuries more so is the long distance running that people are doing. You know, the, the 26 miles, I get, I, I just haven't heard of people because they have a marathon here in Fresno in November. They have a full marathon and a half marathon. And uh, a few years ago, they let me be the VIP person. Uh, that's fantastic. How many uh, grandkids and great grandkids do you have? I have uh, four grandchildren and two great grandchildren. This one is four years old, and my uh, and another one is like. Uh, nine months old, and she lives up in Santa Rosa, so I don't get to see her very often. Oh wow! So they, they probably keep you busy though when, when they're when oh yeah, they're That's fantastic. So is there is there anything else that you would like to add about women and health and fitness, or women's running, or, or your thoughts on women's running today? Is there um, anything that you'd like to you'd like to talk about? So um, yeah, tell me about like how you prepared for it. Um, like, what did you wear? Because I know when you go up in elevation and it gets colder, you tell me about that day and what you remember and, and okay. how you prepared for it. Okay. Uh, well, like I said, it, it started at, um, at seven, I think it was at 7 o'clock, and we started at the bottom of the bar trail that goes up. Now they start in the middle of Manitou, the town of Manitou, which is at the bottom of Pikes Peak, because there's thousands of, they have to do it in two waves, because that, that, path is probably some places it might be four feet across some places it's three and rocks and twigs and you know it's just it's, <laughs> it's quite a race but uh, we started at the very bottom of of the race and um now it's about a uh, i'd say another half a mile into town where they where they started now and um the, i told you a lot about it but we went to bar camp and and Timberline was the big thing, I think, where things changed so much because there were no trees and just rocks. And I'm sure it was a couple miles to the top of that, you know. 
So, mm-hmm. but it was quite a day. I'll, I'll never forget it as long as I live. And now they get big trophies. I have a medal about the size, a little bigger than a 50-cent piece. I kept my medal. That's all we got back then was a medal. <laughs> I think I've told you everything. Oh, I know one more thing I wanted to tell you. Back at, I believe it was in the 70s, they um, they started the aerobics and the People were making tape of aerobics and selling them and all this kind of stuff, and you saw it on TV. Well, I decided everything was jumping and working really hard and all that. So I I started with making a tape out of Woodward Park. I met a friend of mine. I had Michael Jackson's music, and uh, it was um, – I, I did it – I called it – Get Lean with Arlene, and it's soft aerobics. There was no jumping. I even was able to teach, have a few classes at the Senior Citizen Center uh, back then, and then I showed it to Harold Zinkin, who was had these gyms, what he thought of it, and he said, well, it's pretty good for your first one, but I didn't have the money to back myself up to keep on going, or I, if I had had money to advertise my classes and and all that I probably would have been able to gone farther with that because it the people that uh did come to my class really enjoyed it because we it was wasn't jumping it was reaching stretching and doing a lot of things where you were standing up and for about we did a warm up and then there was about 45 minutes of to to Michael Jackson's music and then a cool down, and uh, I wished I had had, I should have, I think back of that, you know, sometimes if I had looked into, but back then, see, it was still when women weren't doing a lot of stuff. It was just the start of us being able, like if it happened today, man, I could probably have found people, someone to back me up, and, uh, but I didn't, but that was, I remember doing that too, and that was fun. You definitely um, had a lot of great ideas that, that were definitely ahead of your time. I know. I, I realize that now that I look back at all these things, you know. But uh, I, I, I'm so glad I was able to do all this and, and have all these experiences. It was just something that I'll, I'll never forget. Well, the world isn't going to let me forget even if I wanted to, huh? <laughs> That's true. They're they're going to come knock on your door and want you to do uh, a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything else that you wanted to know? Uh, um, not that I can think of. It is definitely been an interesting history that you've had, and I'm glad that they tracked you down and were able to bring you back for that 50 years of women running the Pike Peak Marathon. Um, that was that's a pretty amazing story that they were able to find you, and I'm glad that they had the the foresight to look for you and, and to and to figure out where you were and, and to bring you back and get you started on this really fun journey of oh, I being know. And that, American. I know. My, my daughter and I, we talk about it a lot going back there because before we even leave in August and they put us on the airplane, they've already say, well, we want you to come back next year. You know, I uh-huh. think, tell my daughter, as long as we can walk and talk, they'll be inviting us back. <laughs> that is so, great. Just so fun, so neat. Yeah, it's a great part of my life. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Arlene, this has been a great interview and really fun to get to know you and your history and, and include you in the Women's Pioneer Running Oral History Project. And I hope that 
future generations can know that you did amazing feats with very limited equipment. And if you could do that, everyone should really be excited to, to go after their dreams and their goals. Right. I, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, I still, there's some of my friends, like, um, if I'm in a restaurant and I see some of my friends, they say, you got to meet Arlene. She's the first woman to run a marathon. I have friends, it seems like at least once a month, somebody else wants to talk to me and meet me and all that. So, And I'm, there's a lot of races here in Fresno uh, close by, and I am i haven't done this, but I'm going to try going. I'm just going to go to some and, and watch some of the races because I can't run anymore, but at least I can I want to be a little involved in some of the ones around in my town. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you again for everything you've done for me. I really appreciate it. All right, darling, you have a wonderful day. Oh, I will. Thank you again. All right. Bye.